Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. I'm ready for the Word today. Okay, man, I'm going to do a little teaching today. Hopefully you got an outline. If you did not get an outline, lift up your hand and our awesome ushers will come right to you. And keep that hand up until you get an outline. If you're joining us online, go to the website, hit messages. It'll drop down and it will be sermon notes. Click on sermon notes and you want to get these outlines because I don't think I'm going to be able to go through all of them. I'm going to teach on the gifts of the Spirit today. Um, We've been in a series called More. Uh, And so, in fact, I need you to go to two places in your Bible and then stand with me. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, put a bookmark there and go over to John chapter 16 and then stand with me when you get it. How about that? 1 Corinthians 12 and then John chapter 16. We have been in a series called There's More, talking about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit brings more. He's all about addition. And when we begin to walk with the Holy Spirit, we begin to see more of God in every area of our life. And so we've been in the, this is a second week about dealing with problems. How many have problems? So we've been talking about how to get more power for your problems. In chapter 16 of John, this is Jesus's last few days on the earth. He begins to talk to his disciples and to us about the Holy Spirit. He's called the helper. And at the end of this chapter, he promises that we're going to have problems but he tells us that we, uh, we have some help. In Christ, you've got help because problems are going to come. So I just want to read one verse out of chapter 16, uh, and then we'll pray, and then I'll try to, we'll get into 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll see how far that we go uh, in this. Amen? John chapter 16, when you're there, everybody standing, so that tells me you either are standing or you're just pretending and standing anyway that you're there. No. If you're there, say amen. If you're there, say go ahead without me. Got to bring your Bibles to church. If not, I'm going to think you memorized it. Amen. So no. Come on, God, get in your word. Got to bring in your Bible. Be so hungry for the word. How many are hungry for the word? Get hungry. As I said last week, stay hungry, my friend. Stay hungry for the word. We are living in days where you can't afford to be um, spiritually malnutritioned, and many are in these days. You got to stay full of the word full of the word. Amen. So John 16, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. Just look at verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Everybody say, my advantage. It is to your advantage that I'm going to go away. It don't sound like, sounds like an oxymoron here, a paradox here, but actually he's saying it's to your advantage that I'm leaving because if I do not go away, the helper, capital H, is a person capital H, is a person, part of the Trinity of God. We know him as the Holy Spirit, the helper. He won't come to you unless I leave, but if I depart, I will send him to you. I just want to stop right there. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Pray your blessing upon our time, the rest of our time that we have together. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated today. Uh, I want to talk about you have the advantage. You have the advantage. If you are in Christ, you already have the advantage. 
As I mentioned at the end of this chapter in verse 33, we talked about this last week, Jesus promised that we would have problems in this world. He said, in this world, you're going to have problems, but in me, you're going to have peace. So if you're in this world, how many are in this world? We all are. You can't get out of this world. You're going to be in this world until the Lord calls us home. He says you're going to have problems. But he said, those of you that will be in me, how many of those are in Christ? That's the difference. You can know about Christ or you can be in Christ. And being in Christ is when you surrender your life to him and you get into him. You get all in. You've been hearing that. You get all in. I use the analogy a lot of times about the Titanic. When the Titanic, we all know the story there. Where, you know, it was, it was, um, it was uh, loaded up with lifeboats. And one of the, some of the best lifeboats that they built in those days were on the decks of the Titanic. And many people would walk the decks of the Titanic holding their little cocktails or eating their little hors d'oeuvres and just talking about the lifeboats and how pretty they were and, and don't they look nice and I wonder how many people can get into them. Everybody on the Titanic saw the lifeboats. Everybody on the Titanic was made aware of how to get in the lifeboats. It's like you do when you fly an airplane. The stewardess will stand up and go through that long seven-minute spiel about preparing yourself for a water landing. I love how they call it water landing. Uh, okay, so they, they did the same thing on the Titanic. Everyone knew about the lifeboats, but when the boat began to sink, it was only those that were in the lifeboats that survived. When life begins to get tough, the scriptures teach that the world's going to go crazy. And everyone knows about Jesus. It's one thing to know about Jesus and, and know about some of the scriptures, but there's a totally different thing than to be in Christ and to just know about Christ. I'm preaching already. How many are in Christ? Amen. You got, that, that's surrendering your life. That means you get into the boat. You get into him. It's not just a mental, oh yeah, I'm in Christ. No, you surrender your life and you get into Christ. Jesus said, if you will do that, those that get into the boat, you have an advantage. You have an advantage. It is to your advantage that I'm going to heaven because I'm going to send back the helper. And one of the advantages, if you're in me and the storms of life come because they're promised to come, he says, you're going to have peace. So here it is. You can be in Christ and be in the middle of a storm. And as long as you stay in Christ, you will have peace in the middle of your storm. You're going to have storms, you're going to have problems. But if you stay in Christ, you will have peace. You have the advantage. What is the word advantage? Advantage means it's a condition that puts one in a favorable or superior position. It's an advantage. When you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you're surrendered to Christ, we've been talking about this, you have an advantage in life. It doesn't make you better than people, hear me. Having the Holy Spirit doesn't make you better than people. I tell people it just makes me better than me. I am a better human being with God in my life. I'm a better husband with God in my life. My wife says amen. I'm a better friend, I'm a better brother, I'm a better neighbor, I'm a better citizen, I'm a better person, I'm a better human being with God in my life. I have the advantage. That's what he means when you have the Holy Spirit. You have an advantage when it comes to life. I just wonder how many are really taking um, advantage of the fact that you have an advantage in life. Well, that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. One of the ways that God gives us 
an advantage is through what's called the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I want you to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, because this is where some of them are. And I normally teach these on Wednesday night Bible study, and right now we're in our life group season, our Wednesday night classes, and everything will resume right after Labor Day. But right now we're in life groups and doing discipleship and doing life together that way. But I look forward to our Wednesday nights. Uh, I usually teach a lot of this stuff and go a little bit more in detail. So I'm going to go, I'm not going to go that detailed today because there's nine of them. And uh, so that's why you got an outline as well. But one of the ways God gives us an advantage is by the gifts of the Spirit is what the Bible teaches. Our church would not be here today if it wasn't for the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit needs to be, I want to normalize Christians walk in in the gifts of the Spirit. You're going to see it's not just for spiritual things and church things. These gifts are intended to be given to followers of Christ so we can set the pace in society, so we can make a difference. At our, I mean, oh, we're called to be light. We're called to be salt. We're called to be the city on the hill. Amen? Well, when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, Jesus said it's like the light. No one hides the light under a lamp. No one hides your advantage. If you have an advantage in sports or anything else, you're going to use that advantage if you want to win. I want to challenge you today. Are you using your advantage? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Before you had Christ, it was greater than the things in the world than he that is in you because no one was in you. But now you have Christ. So now that's why David said, I can charge through a truth. I can scale over a wall. I'll look to the hills for where it cometh my help. That's why he charged and ran toward the, the giant. Because he knew he had an advantage. Hallelujah. You have an advantage. You have the same advantage. It's through the Holy Spirit. Well, it's through the gifts of the Spirit that I want to talk about today. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he tells us about the gifts of the Spirit there. He says the very first verse, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant or left out or not knowing. Ignorant there means to not know. Just simply means to be not informed. Paul said, I I don't want you to be uninformed, that you have an advantage. And then he begins to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but in the same God uh, who works all, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Okay, so he begins to break this down. There are three groups, this is in your outlines, there are three groups of spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible. There are motivational gifts. These are from God the Father. That's what he just talked about here, or he called them activities. Uh, Those are in Romans 12. I'm not going to get to them today. Uh, Then he says there are ministry gifts. These are from Jesus himself, who has given the church these five-fold ministry, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. These are gifts to the church. And those are in Ephesians 4. Uh, Those are from Christ himself. And then you see the manifestational gifts, which we're going to look at today. These are from the Holy Spirit. So what it simply means that when we walk with the Holy Spirit in the surrendered life, when we walk with the Holy Spirit, that he wants to give us, like I said, the advantage. He wants to give us these gifts so that we stand out, so that we're able to overcome, not be overcome by our situation. 
So when we walk with the Holy Spirit and being full of the Holy Spirit, our mind focused on Him, surrendered Him, you'll see these gifts. The Holy Spirit gives these gifts to us. I wanted that you see one more verse before we really get into it. In verse 11, it's very important. He says, But one of the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as who wills? As he wills. So this is just, let me just correct some. I don't know what your church background is. Uh, let me just help you with something. We don't own the gifts. Holy Spirit owns the gifts. But we have the Holy Spirit which means we can be used in all of them. But they're his gifts. Someone said, no, that's my gift. I have the gift of this. Eh, not really. It's like a parent has a 13-year-old son that has an iPhone. They may go tell their friends that they have an iPhone, but they really don't own that iPhone. Come on, parents. They don't pay the bill to that iPhone. How many know what I'm talking about? And, here's the, and, and it depends on how healthy their relationship is with the parents will depend how much freedom and access they have to that gift. You, you connect in the dots here. So our relationship with God, our relationship with God, walk in the way he told us to walk, will determine when he uses the gifts. He distributes the gifts as he wills. As he wills, he will use these, he will give us these gifts as we need them as we go through life. Amen. Everybody say amen. You with me? So there are nine gifts in this chapter, and I'm just going to go through them in the three categories. So you can break these nine gifts into three categories. That's why I gave you an outline, because I do not have time to get into all of them, but I do want to give you at least all of them. And I want you to walk out of here today knowing that you have an advantage. And as Paul says and earlier in this letter, that we are to... Uh, pursue love and desire the spiritual gifts. When I first heard my pastor talk about spiritual gifts and I got saved and, and I knew he would be using the gifts of the Spirit a lot, he began to tell us that you could go home and seek God and ask God that he would use you in the gifts of the Spirit, and he will. I began to do that, and you know what happened? He began to use me and show me things. He began to show me things at work. He began to show me things in my neighborhood. He began to show me things as a parent having two teenage daughters. How many know you need the gift of the Holy Spirit? You better. Um, and some common sense. Amen. Hallelujah. You got a friend that they got a friend that they're hanging out with? Amen. I'll get to discernment in just a moment. Hallelujah. But the first category, you can break these nine gifts into three um, categories. And the first category would be what's called discerning gifts. These are discerning gifts that are given... To us, you have the ability to discern. And the first one is word of knowledge and word of wisdom. I'm going to give both of these together because they do uh, a lot of times work together. The word of knowledge is my personable, personable, my personal favorite. I, I just love that gift. And uh, I used to say I have that gift, but I, then God quit using me in that gift because he wanted to teach me the gift of humility. Because I don't own it. Spiritual gifts can lead to spiritual pride if you're not spiritually mature. Someone needs to write that down right now. Spiritual gifts can lead you to spiritual pride if you're not spiritually mature. And so the spiritual gifts, God, that's why he wills. It's like you don't give your son a car. I remember when I was a kid, we went down to West Virginia. My family's from West Virginia. My cousin Butch, 
Yes, I had a cousin Butch. Had a road runner with a 440 in it. And I was just, I was 14, about to get my license. And he was going to give me a deal. I begged my dad to get, it's a called Road Runner. I mean, I mean, come on, when you're 14, I mean, I watched Road Runner, you know, the cartoon. You meet, you know, it was sweet. I was like, I need that car, it, man. And he would, he would just, he knew I wanted to buy it. So he would get on the road there, up the holler. Up the holler is a road. Okay, anyway, he would just, he would just burn rubber, man. And that 440 was fast. And I pleaded with my father. I even went to my mother and said, Mom, you're an, interceder, you're, you're an intercessor. Please go get that car. And my dad said, Son, if you get that car, it'll kill you. And I mean, I was so mad at my dad. I was so mad at your dad. Confession time. I just was like, well, won't my dad, I would be 14 years old with that road runner. I mean, you know, he can trust me with it. I only drive it when he's in it. I mean, and it was like my dad said, it'll kill, you will, you will die if you get that car. It took me till I was in my 20s before I realized that that was wisdom from God. There are some gifts that we want so bad, but we are not mature enough to handle them. And the Lord, that's why he says he will distribute those gifts and I wish he gives me these gifts all the time, but he don't. So when I, when I don't receive them, then that means I got to just operate the best I can with what he's given me. I wish that every single time I asked for the gift of knowledge, the word of knowledge he would give to me. He don't, but a lot of times that he does. What is the word of knowledge? It's a supernatural revelation of information. It's information. It's when you are praying about a work situation or a family situation, the Holy Spirit will give you a, notice it's a word of knowledge, not a paragraph or a story. It's just a word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit will just give you a word. And you have to seek him for the rest of it. But it's a word of knowledge. You'll be praying for someone in the Lord to just speak to you in your spirit. Uh, a word. And I've used, been used in this all oh, so many times. And it's, a, it's amazing when God does that. The other person's like, how did you even know that? And I'm like, I don't. The Holy Spirit does. So let's pray about it. And whatever God reveals, he heals. And so the word of knowledge is just so, so amazing. Word of wisdom. This is a supernatural revelation of how to accomplish a task. So the, the word of knowledge is information. The word of wisdom is what to do, how to do it. My daddy's always teach us like this when you're driving down a road and there's a tree in front of you. That's information. That's, that's information. Wisdom says how to go around that tree. How I many know we need wisdom in the days we are living in? You need wisdom what to invest. You need wisdom when it comes to a relationship. You need wisdom when, it, when you talk about buying a house. That's where we are right now, trying to buy a house out here. And we've been praying and driving our realtor crazy. Thank you, Rob. God bless you. And we're trying everything. But we're, we're just praying and waiting on God. And it's so frustrating, ain't it, to wait on God and to get the go-ahead. But I'm telling you, it, it, is, it will save us so much frustration if we learn to take advantage of the helper even in our life in everyday situations. Do you know that the first person filled with the Holy Spirit was a 13-year-old boy in Exodus 13 named Bezalel, giving out baby names. Bezalel. We like Noah, but Bezalel, maybe the next one there, Seth. Hallelujah, amen. This was a 13-year-old boy. Look what the scripture says. First person that had the Holy Spirit on him. And he said, I have filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and knowledge in all manner of spiritual things. No, workmanship. 
to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels and setting and carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. You know, God can help give you wisdom on how to present a presentation at work or whether or not to take that position or how to handle your next step when you're in the middle of making a major decision. Do you see this? There's nothing spiritual at all about setting jewelry or being a carpenter. But yet, God wants to be involved in every area of our life. And we are needing Christians in the marketplace more now than ever. I'll show you one later in the message how much we need medical doctors. And we do have many that are Christians that are in that field. But we need Christians that are in every field. God can help you in your jobs. You know, the church tradition says about this man, this young 13-year-old boy, I just did a little research and it's so cool, that his grandfather was, this isn't in the Bible, this is church, uh, the Jewish tradition, says that he had a grandfather who confronted Aaron for building the golden calf. He came against Aaron and said, Aaron, what are you building this golden calf for? You know we're not supposed to bow down to this thing. His granddad did it. And so they believed that the blessing of the Lord rested upon his grandson because God used this 13-year-old boy to build the temple of God. How many know that the things we do for the Lord will impact our children and grandkids in Jesus' name? How many believe that today? So you have the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. These are are gifts of the Spirit that God has enabled you to. I I can tell you I worked in sales for for 15 of my 17 years driving a truck. And, and uh, I would ask the Lord whenever a route came up for bid and, and I would pray about it before I just signed my name. I never looked at the numbers and how many hours required to work it. I would pray about it. And I can't tell you how many times, I took this route one time, the Lord told me to take it. It was in Auburn Hills, I'll never forget it. It was a low income uh, route, nobody else wanted it. And I had seniority to get a better route. Uh, and I, pray, I passed on the North Oakland County route, the one route there that was going to make a lot of money. And I took this one that was right next to it, but it, was, it had a lot of, uh, it was low income. But the Lord gave me peace about taking that route. I prayed about it, and he told me to take it. I took that route, and this other guy that had two months more seniority than me was like my nemesis for years at work. Every time I bid on something, he would, he would bump me off of it on purpose. Vacations, I had, how many work with a guy like that? <laughs> He'll keep you praying. So he saw me, he, he, he thought I was going to take that more expensive route. So I took the low income route. And so he took that route. And I was like, okay, I ain't kidding you. No one knew. And usually my company knows when a major supermarket, because I was in grocery with, uh, usually we knew when Myers was being built or a Sam's Club or a Walmart, we would know. No one knew. But when I got that route, I was on it for about eight months. By the end of my route, God made a way for me to double uh, and more than double the income on that route. He opened a Walmart, he opened a Meyer, and he allowed us to go into Sam's Club, which we were not even in Sam's Club at those days. The other route the guy took, a Walmart closed, a Bushes moved out, Farmer Jack been out of business, and the Hillers that bought him went out of business. That route was one of the number one money-making routes, went down to the lowest. And I remember walking, I was so tempted when I walked in the break room that morning to have coffee to look at him and say, how you like me now? (laughs) But the Lord said not to do that. (laughs) Book of Proverbs says, when you see the Lord dealing with your enemy, do not rejoice for in that day, I will turn my wrath on him and put it on you. That's in Proverbs. You'll never see that on Facebook. 
But the Lord, and, and one of my bosses said, Eddie, how'd you know that? Why didn't you take that one route? It had all those healers on it. I said, I'm a, and, and his other friend answered, my other boss, and said, he's a praying man. Don't you know he's a praying man? I said, thank you, Dan. How I many know God will tell you things? You have an advantage. Some of you are, are battling things right now, and it's driving you crazy, and it's wearing you out, because you're not using your advantage. The Holy Spirit will use you. Discerning of spirits. I got to go. Discerning of spirits. Oh, this is a big one. This is the ability to detect the presence of evil. That's what the uh, discerning of spirits is. In other words, what is the source of this problem? Man, if I had time, I'd really get into this. This is one that everybody thinks they have when they first get saved. And I wish everybody, every believer does need discernment. Please, more today. Some people can go to places and see things and watch things and they have like no discernment at all. Discernment is something that is available to every believer. And you and I need to have discernment when it comes to having friends and relationships, when it comes to letting your kids play with people, what shows to watch. You need that. We were just talking about this this morning before service. One of the guys in the church was telling me he went and saw this movie, and now that he's been coming uh, to the Lord and he's been awakened spiritually, he said he just watches TV differently. He just things, things step out on him and uh, that he used to just overlook. Uh, and I said, brother, that's discernment. I remember my wife and I, we used to be, we love Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, he's the funniest dude ever, but he's not too saved. And I remember I got this movie and it was, it was a Eddie, Eddie Murphy movie and we just got saved, started going to church. We've been hanging out with my mom and dad when I first got saved. And so we said, we got this movie we want to bring over. It's clean, it's good, you know, because mom and dad, they watch clean movies and we're trying to be Christians and kind of clean up our entertainment. How many know clean up our entertainment's a good thing? You're trying to control your tongue. It's going to be hard if you're watching a movie that every other word is GD and F-bomb. It's, it's going to be hard for you to have victory over that kind of stuff. And so we, we brought this Eddie Murphy movie over to my mom and dad's house, y'all. We put it in. And then I was like, oop. He was like saying all kind of stuff, man. And, I was like, and my mom said, well, put, take that filthy thing out. <laughs> she had more discernment. Then I did. The only thing I want to tell you about discernment is you got to grow in discernment. Look at Hebrews chapter 5. It said, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. It takes time. When you first think you have discernment, you just start looking for devils and you see devil under every rock. I will tell you that there's not, one, there's not a devil under every rock. There may be 10 under every rock. But you cannot live your life always thinking that the devil's always going to get you. And a lot of people that have discernment, they just have a critical spirit. And there's a difference between having a critical spirit and having discernment. Philippians tells us that discernment is rooted in love. Even when Jesus rebuked Peter because he discerned his spirit, he loved him enough to go to the cross for him. And sometimes we think by being critical, that's discernment. No, that's not discernment. That's critical and you have spiritual pride. There's no love. Again, we need more of the fruits of the Spirit before we start operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Everybody ought to shout on that one today. That's discernment of spirits. Second group is the declarative gifts. The declarative gifts. These are helps. Again, these are ways to get the advantage to us. The first one is prophecy. Prophecy is divinely inspired proclamation. It, it could be predictive. It could be warning some people. Yeah, but most of the time it's building people up. The prophetic is so uh, important. 
These are gifts where the Lord will speak to you and show you things. He showed me dreams that were in this building because of the prophetic gift. We were sitting in the living room in 2002 in my mom and dad's house in Ecorse praying about starting a church. And we were sitting in the living room and we're thinking, where are we going to start a church at? We knew God has put it in our hearts. What do we do? And I remember mom, her question was, what about the finances? We don't even own a sound system. You got to have money to start a church. And all of this stuff, and we were having this conversation. There was no microphones, no hidden cameras. I mean, Facebook wasn't even out in 2002. And we didn't have any of that. And we're praying, and we got down and we prayed, Father, is this a good idea or a God idea? And so we prayed and, and left it in the hands of the Lord and went on to our work our jobs and live our lives. And my dad, I'll never forget, we pulled up in my mom and dad's house to have another prayer meeting. My dad's on the front porch. He's just crying. He's on the phone. He's emotional. And he, I, he said, get in here. We all got in. I said, what's going on, dad? He goes, you guys ain't going to believe this. I just got off the phone with a prophet from Sheboygan, Michigan. Him and his wife are used in the gift of prophecy. And he called me and he said, Paul, what is going on with your family right now? My dad said, what do you mean? He said, what's going on with your family? And my dad started to tell him and he goes, no, don't you tell me. I'm going to tell you. And his wife got on the other phone in the kitchen. That's when we had... She said, Paul, we've been up all night praying. The Holy Spirit showed us, and I never met this, this couple, showed us your family. You had two of your sons and their wives, and you were kneeling in your living room, and you were praying about a major decision. The Lord says to tell you to go forward, for his hand is with you. And oh, by the way, tell Mary not to worry about the money. Come on, give God some praise for that. You can't make that up. In prophecy, when you have a word from the Lord, it gives you confidence. That's why the kings would go and seek a word from the prophet before they got into battle. You need to pray before you engage into a battle. Let me back up and bring it in today. You need to pray the Lord's direction before you respond in that thread on Facebook. Because the Lord may say, hey, just be silent because I'm going to work in it and pray. And don't even get the glory. You don't even have to get no glory for it. Oh, that's so good. Thank you, Pastor Eddie prophecy. Then you got tongues. You got interpretation of tongues, running out of time. Tongues, of course, is our supernatural ability to pray in a language. Every believer, this is for you, Peter said, and for all those that are far off. Every person has the ability to pray in the Holy Spirit. That's your heavenly language. When you're praying, this thing with Rebecca, this thing with Roger, some of our church family, you're facing some major, major decisions. I can't tell you how much I pray in the Holy Spirit for them. Because I don't even know how to pray, but my spirit knows how to pray. Everybody can be used in the, in the, uh, the uh, speaking in tongues, the praying in the Holy Spirit, but not everybody will be used in the public tongues. Now, that's, that's why you need to write these down. There are two functions of speaking in tongues when you study your Bible. You have the, what's called the grace tongues. That's for everybody. And then you have the gift of tongues. At the end of this chapter, Paul asks some rhetorical questions. He says, does all speak with tongues? Are all prophets? Are all apostles? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. Some say, see, this scripture means not everybody's going to speak in tongues. They're taking that totally out of context. Because one of the gifts of the Spirit is also the gift of faith. I'll get to that in a minute. Paul is not saying... Not everyone will speak in tongues, but he does say not everyone will be used in the 
gift of tongues, which is given in a public setting. A gift of tongues in a public setting is when someone gives an utterance in an unknown language to them. But every time this happens in a church service, Paul says, or a gathering, a prayer meeting, there needs to be the gift of interpretation. And the gift of interpretation is that next one, the ability to reveal the meaning of tongues. Notice it's interpretation and not translation. Because sometimes you can have a utterance of tongues and it be real short. Have you ever heard that? And then, it, then you hear the interpretation and it be real long. Because it's not a literal translation. It's an interpretation. The Holy Spirit is saying, I'm going to use this person to, use a, to speak in tongues, but I'm going to use this person to interpret what it says. And when it's done in order and like that, Paul the Apostle says, even if you have a stranger in the midst who is unchurched, if they see this happening the right way, it reveals their heart and they're going like, wow, what that lady just said is exactly what's going on in my life. And they know God is in the place. But if they walk into a church and everyone is just speaking in tongues out loud, running around and prophesying everybody, and it makes no sense, Paul said they will look at themselves and say, aren't they out of their mind? Your, says, your Bible says this. So Paul said, Paul's all, God is always thinking about the unbeliever and the unchurched because he wants to connect with them and pull them into him. And sometimes we get this, uh, this mindset, oh, we just need to be spiritual. No, no, you're just kind of crazy. So you can pray in the Holy Spirit. Everyone has that ability to pray in the Holy Spirit. When you're baptized, when everybody was baptized in the Holy Spirit, they spoke with tongues. Paul said, I wish you all spoke with tongues. Peter said, this is for all of you. But not everybody will be used in the gift of tongues. No, not everybody will be used in the next gift. The third category is the dynamic gifts, gift of faith. This is why I said, Paul, at the end of this chapter, and I know I'm going fast. It's a lot to put on you. You can go back and rewatch this. Look at your Bible and meditate on this stuff, and the Lord will give you direction. But the gift of faith, okay, that's why he in, uh, finishes the chapter and says not everyone will have the gift of faith. So that means not everyone has faith? No, no, the Bible says everybody is given a measure of faith. Or you can't get saved without faith. So now what's this gift of faith? This gift of faith is the unique form of faith that goes beyond saving faith. And then the last two are gift of healing and gift of miracles. Gift of healing, gifts of healings. Notice they're plural. This is supernatural healing without human aid. This is sometimes God just does a creative miracle. That thing just disappears. That thing just, God just does a miracle, a creative miracle. This, miracle, this also can mean a divinely assisted application of human medical treatment. There are several people in the Bible who God used medicine to heal them. I mean, Luke, who wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts, he was a doctor. There was a king that was sick, and the Lord said, I want you to use these herbs and spices. I want you to use medicine to heal this man. That's a gift of healing. God uses medicine. We believe in using medicine. Medicine is a gift of God. Doctors are a gift from God. Nurses are a gift from God. The medical technology and the breakthroughs are gifts from God. We embrace them. We thank them. We thank God for them. But I also believe that you shouldn't, you know, just take anything. I think sometimes that's another whole message for another time. But you shouldn't just take this because someone says take this. God has given us the ability for our body to heal, each other, heal itself if we just eat right and do some things. 
I'm losing you, ain't I? As soon as I mention that, there you go. <laughs> Working of miracles, that's the last one. It's a display of power given the ability to go beyond the, the natural. just want to sum up these last healing gifts and medicine and all of that with showing you an, an exa- a modern-day example. This is a, many of you know this, but Dr. Ben Carson, he is perhaps one of the most well-known Christian doctors and neuroscientists, uh, neurosurgeons, neurosurgeon, this guy. Uh, and he's best known for this famous work of separating Siamese twins in 1987. He made, a med- he made medical history by separating the binder twins who was joined at the, back and, and head, at the back of the head. Usually when you try to separate twins that were joined together at the head, they, they die and you don't never take this on. But Dr. Ben Carson is also a spirit-filled man of God. And he uh, wrote in his book, I read a couple of his books, there's even a movie out of Cuba, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. played. It's a very good movie, by the way. They made a movie about this guy where he prayed and he sought for help. Listen to this message. He sought for help to do this. It was 22 hours of surgery. Could you imagine that? But he said it was like the Holy Spirit guided his scaffold, guided, gave him the insight of of when to do this and when to do that. And it was a miracle. And and he has been one of the greatest uh, doctors of all times. I know recently he's been in politics and all of that. I don't know what your view is. I'm not saying, I'm just saying he's a man of God and he was used by God in the medical field because he had this advantage to be able to do it. That's all I wanted to show you today. Isn't it amazing? And I want you to know that these same gifts and these same abilities are there for you. Did you get all that? Did you get all that? There's going to be a test. Now flip it over. There's a test. No, I'm just kidding. Let's stand right now. Let's just stand to our feet. You can't talk about the Holy Spirit without talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And I do pray that all of us We'll get hungry for the gifts of the Spirit to be more than just uh, church people, but we'll really seek the gifts of the Spirit because they are an advantage in every area of our life. If we would just slow down and spend time in His presence and ask the Lord, He will guide us and He will help us. He has the answer. Amen. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. I just want to close this. He's teaching out on the gifts of the Spirit today. The Lord was, has already been moving today, even during worship in such a powerful way. That, that was a gift of the Spirit right there. The Lord told me to do that. That was just an act of the Lord. And then I just followed him doing that. He wants to do the same in all areas of our life. Just get our mind upon the Lord right now as we just close the service out and been a lot of information we just read and just it's not about the information right now God has a solution to the problem you're in right now hallelujah how many could use the word of knowledge right now in your life how many can use the word of wisdom you don't know what to do how many need more discernment in your life discernment in some of the things that you are participating in, some of the relationships that you're in. Hallelujah. Well, this is how I want to end the service today. I want to pray over everybody today right there in your seats. And like always, if you need prayer and you didn't receive prayer today, we always want to make 
an opportunity for you to receive prayer. First off, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, before you get into any of this gift stuff, you need the gift of salvation, and it's free. (laughs) It's free. He will forgive you of all of your sins, and he'll come into your life, and he'll give you more. He'll give you the advantage. How do, you, how do I get saved? You got to join the church. You got to do this. You got to give. You gotta, no, no, no. It starts with repenting of your sins. Believing in Jesus Christ. Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins. And if you're here in this place or you're watching online, you could just say, God, forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me and wash me. Go ahead. Ask him to cleanse you and wash you of all of your sins to make you clean and whole again. Come into my life and live in me, O oh God. From this day forward, help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. Now, if you need the gifts of the Spirit to be activated in your life today, I'm not going to have you come up. I'm going to do it right in your seat. If you need the gifts of the Spirit, you are Spirit-filled. You have the Spirit of God in you. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. There's times I've neglected the gifts. I just be honest with you, I've gotten lazy and it's just easier to just do it myself. And man, I always end up coming back to him. I've had to stop and repent, slow down and open myself up. The Holy Spirit's never in a hurry. How many know God's on a different time clock than we are? How many realize that? That's the first lesson you'll learn in Christianity. God is not in no hurry. He's not in a hurry. But if you need the gifts of the Spirit to be activated in your life today, I want you to lift your hands like this right in your seat. I don't care if you're a skeptic. I don't care where you are. I encourage you to, don't be such a skeptic. Come in. Come on in to the Lord. Open yourself up to the Lord. Surrender your life to Him even more. These gifts are so amazing to see them operate in your life. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Father, we just respond to your word today, to 1 Corinthians 12. You said, don't be ignorant, brethren, of these gifts. And Lord, we're we're not ignorant. We learned about them today. But Father, now, now, Lord, we, we just open ourselves and we surrender ourselves to you today, right now. We are open, Holy Spirit. Use us more in these gifts right now. Use us even this week, oh Lord. We want to walk in these gifts. We want to walk in these gifts at home. We want to walk in these gifts before we begin our shift at work. Before we take that position. Before we make another move, we want to stop and just ask for your wisdom and knowledge. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that these gifts of the Spirit would be be activated right now in this service. Let them be anointed by your anointed of the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can we just begin to worship him right now? I'm just going to worship for another moment here. Hallelujah. We just worship you, Jesus. Just begin to worship him right now. He can speak to you even right now before you leave this building. Jesus. Or let the word of knowledge just come right now. The word of wisdom come right now in Jesus' name. The gifts of healing, Father, in the name of Jesus. We need the gifts of healing and the gifts of miracles so bad right now, oh God. 
Father, raise them up in this church. Raise them. Use us, Father, to bring healing to our nation, to bring healing to our communities, bring healing to our family, oh God, in Jesus' name. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.